Welcome to Mimosas. Hope you have your friends and your drinks nearby. You're here with Kristen. And Talia. We're here to talk all things mom. This week we thought we would talk about the holidays since we've already had a couple days of Hanukkah. Christmas is less than two weeks away, I think. And we talked about it last year, but, you know, of course... Every year there's holiday burnout and like fatigue and just being a, I think a mom, but especially, but a caregiver too is so exhausting during the holidays. And I'm assuming it's worse this year. I don't know. I mean, maybe some people are like managing their lives better, but I am just so tired. And I feel like every year I'm like, I'm so ahead this year. I'm so ahead on gifts. And then I'm like, oh, nobody's getting anything until like the 30th of December. Yeah, I the fatigue this year is definitely way worse. So it's tonight's the fourth night of Hanukkah. And I did a fair amount of Hanukkah shopping early. And we usually just do like Sky will get a gift every night and like well she'll get like one big one and then like small ones. And I know like my aunts will get her one and, and sometimes she'll get one from like a friend or something. So we usually get about like six things for her. And then the others get filled in. And then we have Christmas. Like every year around November, around like Thanksgiving time, it's like I have Todd's parents asking, are your Amazon wishlets up today? And it's like, oh, okay, so I have to like go into my wishlist. And I never know what to put on there because that's not how I grew up. You know, my mom used to just go and like buy me things. She'd be like, oh, I saw this and I thought of you. So I bought it for you. So like this whole idea of like picking out what I want is just like, it's a great, it's a good idea. It's just kind of foreign to me. And then I'm not good at figuring out what I want. Meanwhile, like Todd's wish list is like 9,000 miles long. Although he had like, like 40 pairs of uh, pajama bottoms, like different pajama bottoms on there. It's like, can you just pick like one or two? And he goes, well, I mean, I like them all. So anyway, so last night, you know, flash forward to last night, I, I keep saying for the last like week and a half, we have to go on Amazon and we have to buy presents. We have to go and get stuff for your parents and for Sky for Christmas. We have nothing. And we've been kind of like sloughing it off. So last night, finally, I was like, I'm pulling up Amazon and we're going to do this. So the joke is, you know, I'm so concerned about my Amazon wishlist being up to date. His dad had a clock, a tool set that you can't buy on Amazon, and then three CDs that he put on in 2015. So that was his dad's wish list. I'm sure it's up to date, though. Like, I mean, he probably has updated it, you know. So we got him the clock and then Todd's going to go to Lowe's to get him the plier set because uh, you can't buy that on Amazon. His mom only has books and they're all that like weren't showing on Amazon. So again, I like had to go in somewhere else and find the book. And then Todd's building her a like mantelpiece. So that's like what she really wants. So, but I was like, we have to get her like something else. And then we did Sky stuff. And then I got stuff for Todd. You know, I just sort through the 40 pairs of pajama bottoms and, you know, all that stuff. And then he has a bunch of like stuff for like the kitchen, which I always feel weird about buying for him because it's like, this is for the house. Like, yeah, I want a new toaster oven. I put stuff like that on my list and I'm like, yeah, get it. Like it's on here for a reason. I really want it and I don't want to buy it. So get it for me. So yeah, and who knows what Todd's getting for me. But like, I mean, I put some random things on there. Like I was just like, because for me, it's like if I need something, I'm going to buy it. Like I'm not going to wait. You know, if it's April and I want it, I'm going to get it now. I'm not going to put it on my wish list in eight months, hope that somebody buys it for me. It's just not how I roll. I mean, if it's something that like I can put on the back burner, then sure. But like, so I have like those like micro fleece, like, like a head turbines that like, you know, when you get out of the shower, 
my feet have been really dry. So I got like these like foot spa, like masks for like dry skin. I'm like, I'm looking real sexy here. Like this is hot times over here. <laughs> Give me a towel turban and something for my, for my dried cracked heels, please. So we're pretty similar. I also grew up where like, it's just like, oh, I saw this and I thought of you. And then when I met Pat, his family does the Amazon wish list too. But I've got, I've definitely gotten better at like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I really want this, but I don't want to buy it. Or like, book. I mean, I'm definitely very guilty of like, my, my wish list is mostly books. And then like, house stuff and I want something to steam up the floors like that kind of stuff I'll put on my list where I'm like I don't need this but I really want it so I'll put that kind of stuff on my list but I do it throughout the year like it's like whenever I think of something that I'm like oh I really want this but I don't I don't need it it's not something like imminent but it would just be like really it would make my life easier or it's something that would be like fun for me to read but I don't need it right now I will just like add that throughout the year and I do it for the kids too like a toy that I'm like oh they seem to like this but it's not necessary that they have it. I don't want to buy it for them. I'll put it on the list. See, and that's what Todd does. Todd will be like on Amazon buying something else see it. And I'll say, oh, that's cool. And I'll put it on his wish list. So like, his wish list actually is like pretty good. You know, it's there's things added on from like months prior. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say was I really, really did not want to buy things through Amazon this year. Right. I really really wanted to do like small businesses and go places made that really difficult like I used to love going downtown to like in Ventura like when my mom was still alive and she didn't do the wish list thing I would just take like an afternoon would go downtown I would go to like you know galleries and like little stores and boutiques and just go shopping for her like what do I see that I like that I think she would like and I enjoy doing that like I don't love shopping for myself but I do enjoy like gift shopping in like boutiques and stuff like that that is one kind of shopping that I do like. Obviously, I'm not going to do that. I tried to go on a couple of different websites and the websites are either like really outdated or they're not very helpful. And it was just like, and my time is closing. I'm like, it's December 11th or 12th or whatever day it was yesterday. I need, I need to get something and I need it to be here on time. And so I guess I'm just going Amazon. And I was like cringing the whole time as I was like ordering stuff. I was like, I don't like supporting this, but I really either that or I get people things and it's like they'll come in February or you know who knows it is hard because they have their business model is so smart right like everything gets here super fast literally anything you need is on there I did make a conscious decision to not do Amazon much this year which this is the first year I really haven't done Amazon much because most of our family spread out and so I usually just order Amazon and just send it to my sisters and say, okay, you know, like I'm not wrapping anything. Please wrap this when it gets there. But this year we were on vacation over Thanksgiving and it was just our family. Like normally we're with Pat's whole family. So I'm trying to like actually, you know, be an engaging human and not like introvert the whole time. And so it's harder for me to like sort of juggle the two balls. I mean, it's a lot of effort for me, but this time it was just the five of us. So I was able to do a lot of the online shopping, but with smaller boutique online shops. And I did a lot like books. I bought all of them on bookshop.org because they basically like look for where they're sending it to and then they find a local bookshop around you. So like if I like if you're getting something in Ventura, you type in your zip code and then you like type in the book you want and they'll get it. They will try their best to get it from a small shop near Ventura. 
but it's always like a small bookshop in the country, not like Amazon. Barnes and Noble or yeah. Amazon or Target or something like that. Yeah. So the money hmm. goes to that. So I did that and then I got everything shipped here and then I had to wrap it and send it out. So it's hard because it's like you really have to plan ahead. Like that's like two or three weeks ahead of time that I have to plan of like, I need to get everything delivered here. And it's not Amazon. So it's not coming in two days. Like I have to give myself like one to two weeks for stuff to get here. And then I have to find time to wrap it all. And then I have to ship it out, which is fine. Like it's not an undoable thing, but it's just like when the business model is there for it to come in two days and be so easy. I mean, it's really hard to resist that. Well, especially when you're up against the clock like we were. Like, I mean, I remember somebody talking about Christmas stuff back in the middle of November. Like, oh, I just started thinking about Christmas and what we're going to do. And I was like, it's today. Today's Tuesday. I'm thinking about Wednesday morning. Like, it's not even on my radar. Like, Todd had to remind me that Hanukkah was on December 10th this year. It was like, you know, it's like the third or fourth. And he's like, uh, just to let you know, Hanukkah's coming up. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're right. Ah, like, I just haven't had time to think about it because I'm just out of my, out of my element of like what is normal here. The other thing that's hard too in Southern California is that there's no weather to like indicate to you, like, hey, Christmas is coming, you know, like it doesn't, the weather doesn't change there. So like when, when I was growing up, it would start getting colder and then it's like, oh, okay. Like Christmas is coming soon. Is it going to snow where you are? Some years it does. Not every year. Okay. We've had some pretty cold days. It was like 23. It was a real feel of 23 a couple mornings ago, but I mean, it's like 65 today. So I know none of you can see my face, but it is not a pleased one. The Southern Californian in me, just all the hairs on my arms stood up just thinking about that. I mean, my thing is like, if it's going to be that cold, I want snow. I, I don't, I have a really hard time if I'm with bitter cold and there's no snow. Like what's the reward? I don't want to be here in this like ridiculous weather. And one of our kids hates the cold. I mean, just like refuses to get prepared to go out in the cold. The other two are like, yeah, let's go. Like, let's do it. I don't care. Extra jacket. Let's do it. I'm going to play. See ya. Uh, the snow. Well, I mean, that's the thing. So obviously I didn't grow up in snow. And so snow is always one of those like, you know, fun things to go out and see. Yeah. But the whole production of the snow pants, the warm socks, the thermals, the sweaters, the jackets, the boots, the hats, the gloves... And then you have my kid who is like, I am, yeah, I'll sit in this for five seconds and then just, okay, I'm over it. Like, unless she's on uh, one of those little, like, inner tubes, like, going down, like, a sled or one of those, like, hills or a sled or something like that. Like, she's not into it. She doesn't want to, she likes the idea of, like, a snowball fight. As soon as somebody throws snow at her, she's out. Sure. I don't think anybody likes a snowball fight. Like, I... I'm fine to throw a snowball. I'm not interested in actively being part of a snowball fight where I'm getting hit in the face of the snowball. Like, unsubscribe. I don't know who came up with that. But then, or it's always, even though you've had them pee beforehand, you get all the things on and then, like, undoubtedly somebody has to pee. And it's just a production to get it on and off. I can't even blame it on the kids. I mean, I, the production of, like, uh, That happens my, to me. Yeah, the production of putting my own stuff on and then, like, same thing. Like, okay, 
well, I just went pee and now I've got everything on. I have to pee. So I have to hold it. Or I have to like get everything undone again. I will say I like snowboarding pants better for this reason because you don't have to deal with the whole like top latch situation. I just remember borrowing somebody's snow pants or snow bib or whatever it's called, like the overalls. Sure. Because we don't live in snow. So why would I need these? And she was probably like five, eight. So obviously I'm like drowning in them. So I have them like so cuffed mine. up to like my knees. <laughs> I mean, they potentially could have been and it was really like like it fit but as soon as I bent over to do anything to help Sky, it like immediately cut out like all of my like lung capacity and circulation because it was just a little too tight and I just remember like bending over to help her with her boot and basically almost passing out because I couldn't breathe and then I'm just like I get claustrophobic in clothes like I hate turtlenecks I love the idea of scarves but if it's wrapped around my neck too tight unsubscribe I'm not a huge fan of long sleeves I'll wear like a short sleeve and a sweatshirt but like long sleeve sweaters like do not like and so it's just like I just feel like I'm suffocating in my clothes and then I went to bend over to help Sky with something and then I was like just like just take me now God like just <laughs> smite shoot me down I am I am so not into this and then I'm a grump and then like you know then there's Todd who's like wee I love the snow and I'm just like the Grinch I'm like I just want to get out of here and just like put on my pajamas and sit in front of a fire and drink hot chocolate why are we out here meh Sounds like you need more exposure. I mean, I've only been in the snow maybe like four times. So obviously I haven't had a lot of uh, snow experiences. I, I mean, I remember growing up. So I think I was like at the tail end of like the kids that your parents would kick you out of the house and be like, I'll see you at dinner. Like my parents were like, first of all, they worked anyway. So they weren't usually home. But if they were, they were like, bye. Like you're not supposed to be inside all day. So go and just stay alive. And so my neighbor and I would play out in the snow for hours. We would go to his house. I mean, because again, we would just go to his house whenever we had to go in for lunch or like bathroom breaks or anything. But we had like this igloo making thing. Like it was just like bri- like a square and you could make like bricks to put them on top of each other with the snow. So it would come out like an igloo. He had a sledding hill and we used to like dig tunnels like in the sledding hill so we could like sled in a tunnel i mean very unsafe thinking about like the stability of a seven-year-old making that but that's what we did i mean it's really fun and then we would also i mean we were just out all day did i ever tell you the story about the one time i went sledding when i was in college i can only imagine go on because i know i know that you're very graceful and not a klutz so not at all no (laughs) i went with a bunch of friends and like my then boyfriend up to big bear and one of the guys their parents had a cabin so we all were like going up to the cabin we were just planning on like drinking and like you know having fun or whatever in the snow so a tree had fallen in the backyard and so they built a bunch of guys built like a snow ramp to go over the tree so you would like you know shoot up and in the air after you were going down the hill the only sled that they had was one of those like saucers that was like the kid who lived there or his parents owned the place his like little sister's like saucer so everyone's like taking turns like going down and like you had to like hold on and then obviously you were getting like some pretty good air so of course it's my turn as soon as I hit that, I don't hold on. I immediately just go like complete starfish, like all limbs, like fully out. And I land, like sprain my ankle, like twist my ankle and like somehow like knock the wind out of me. So like I had this huge bruise on like one of my butt cheeks and like a completely jacked up ankle for like the rest of the time we were there. I potentially was probably under the influence 
at that time. So like, it didn't really hurt. I remember like standing up being like, I'm fine. And then like later on that night after like sobering up being like, Oh my God, what happened to me? Like, (laughs) I'm a wreck. And then having to go to like the grocery store to like buy a ACE bandage and like some like, you know, Tylenol or whatever. But yeah, that was my one sledding experience. It did not go well. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like you just need more positive exposure. We did have, there was one year where they were building a house across the street from us. And the driveway was just like a steep hill. That, and it was like a downhill, like into their yard. And so we were okay. like, uh, yeah, the days that the construction workers aren't here, we're 100% using this for sledding. So we had tubes, like that was the year we all, we both got tubes. And he had a toboggan too, I think, but we didn't use it that much. But anyway, we had like, we both had our tubes and we'd go flying like face first, like down this hill. It's just so funny to think about because now- tubes are fun. I mean, sled, I mean, the saucer, I, the only thing I don't like about the saucer is there's usually not a handle and they're really fast and chaotic. But that's, I mean, that's yeah. how I feel about tubes, except that they're not, that they have handles. But anyway, it's like, it's funny to think about that now of like, we were super young doing that, which is fine. And we were capable of doing it. And I'm sure like our kids now at seven would be totally capable of doing that. But the idea of like watching my seven-year-old go down this like insanely steep driveway on a tube. I think we built a jump at the end of it too. So, Oh my God. Of course you did. <laughs> Why wouldn't we? Of course you did. No, tubing's fun. Like so we took sky tubing two years ago and she had a great time. She loved it. And like she liked sitting on Todd's lap, which was fine instead of mine you know because he went faster than than i did and then last year when we went up to the snow we tried to take her tubing and she was super not into it and they had like there was like netting on the bottom previously and they'd taken the netting off so like you had to really kind of arch your back up so your butt wasn't in the snow okay and we maybe did like two or three runs and then she was like i i'm over it and then we found out later she i think that's when she had she had a cold for sure i don't remember what happened but it was that day like we came home and then like we took her temperature like she like fell asleep she like at that point wasn't napping anymore and then she like passed out and we're like okay she's probably tired and i was laying with her and i was like and i felt her and i was like I could tell I said she's burning up and like of course we didn't have a thermometer like we didn't pack a thermometer with us so like I made Todd run to CVS to get one and she was like 101.7 or something I was like ah fabulous and we're done with this (laughs) yeah with one of those moments I was like do we leave her and drive to CLA do we what do we do here what's the plan I think we wound up staying I think we called and they were like just hang and see because that was like her only symptom was just like we went home early we definitely went home early and then I think at that point her fever had broken and there were no other symptoms like she was just lethargic and feverish like she didn't have a there was no cough or there was no any other thing so we wound up not being admitted to UCLA but we did go home early yeah Back to Christmas real quick. The hardest thing, so obviously like you and I have just been doing online shopping. We're not planning to do in-person shopping this year. I know many people probably still are, but that has been our choice not to. The hardest thing for me with that is the stocking stuffers. Oh, you see, and this is the beautiful thing for me. Kristen, my mother-in-law, she does stockings. Like, I don't even know what, like, she will do all of that stuff. But who does hers? We bought a little puzzle for stocking. Her? No. Nope. 
<laughs> she does her own. I mean, I've tried. I've been like, oh, do you want me to do stockings this year? She's like, I've got it. So what she always does, she always puts it like an orange at the bottom. Oh, we put ours on the top. Uh, what's, the, what's the deal with the orange? I don't know. I did not grow up with it, nor did Pat. But we read this book called The Sweet Smell of Christmas. And at the end, he, like the little bear, it's a, it's a bear is the character of the story. Okay. He wakes up at the, you know, so he wakes up at the beginning of the book and he's like, I can, something nice is going to happen today. I can smell it. And it's Christmas Eve. And he, his mom's like, oh, I'm making a pie. That's what you smell. And then it's like, we smell a Christmas tree and we smell candy canes and gingerbread boys and Coke in like hot chocolate. And then at the end, like he wakes up on Christmas day and they all have oranges in their stocking. So he smells the oranges. And so that was just like, we have been reading that book for a couple of years. And, and so we started doing that two years ago. I'll have to ask what the significance is of the orange. Cause they've been, so, I mean, Todd and I've been together for, we're going on 14 years here. It used to be like the orange, like the, the chocolate, like that you like bang on the table and it like goes into orange wedges and it's like orange flavored chocolate. Okay. So I know not, not a huge fan, but (laughs) so then they started doing like regular oranges, which I think is way better, but then she'll do like your favorite candy and then she'll do a magazine and then she'll do like a bunch of like little like knickknacky things. Like she'll, I mean, and who, I don't know what she's going to do this year. I mean, maybe she'll still go in, but like she used to go to like bed, bath and beyond or like the, you know, office supply place. And like, she'll get like, I mean, she'll get me things like, like uh, dry erase markers and like post-it notes, little like, you know, fidgety toys. She'll usually get like a small, like little kind of tool or something for like Todd and Doug and like Sky will get like little toys or something like that. And then she always gets herself like office supplies. Okay. So that's what, what stockings are like at our house. Okay. So ours growing up, we had like the little, I always remember we got lottery tickets like the little scratch lottery tickets. I love scratchers. The the building, like the airplanes that you build, like just the like really thin wood airplanes. Oh, and then mm-hmm. like candy and probably some other stuff. But those are like the two things I really remember getting. We've been doing, like this year we have crayons, a little watercolor like paint set. So stuff they can do like dot stickers. So we gave them, we gave them like scissors last year. I think we put underwear in it one year, and Nate was like out of his mind excited. Okay, so I just looked up this orange <laughs> thing on my phone, and it says that the orange became part of Christmas time tradition in the 19th century in concert with the rising of hanging stockings near the fireplace, according to Emily Spivak, who wrote about the origin of Christmas stocking Smithsonian.com. The tradition of hanging holiday hosiery dates back to at least 1823 when it is mentioned in the classic poem, Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas, later known as the Night Before Christmas. Placing an orange in the toe of one of these Christmas stockings may have had something to do with the legend of the three balls or bags or bars or coins of gold that the Bishop of Myra, the real St. Nicholas, gave to three poor maidens to use as dowries. The custom also may have been birthed may have birthed the reason people started putting an orange, a much more affordable alternative to gold, in the toe of the stocking, a budget-friendly nod to the so-called miracle of the dowries. So that's what it's from. Great. So it's basically, okay. it sounds like people can't afford to put gold in the toe of a stocking, so they put an orange instead. Nice. So I don't know. Look it up if you're curious about it, but cute story. I mean, I always think traditions are uh, are definitely fun, and but it's always nice to know where they stem from. But, you know, I always thought it was something that they did. And then, you know, when you were saying like, oh, we put an orange on the top, I was like, oh, wait, this is a thing. I, I have never heard of it either. That's why I was like, oh, my gosh, they do it, too. But I could definitely see them 
being much more likely to know the origin of that or for there to like for us it was like we read it in a book and we're like this is a cute idea like i could see them actually knowing like a little bit why they do that not only will they know but like they'll have the whole story there <laughs> my in-laws are so interesting so they'll ask me questions all the time about like judaism and like why is it this or why why did you know why does that happen you know lately it's been you know why is there you know in the transliteration of you know uh from hebrew to you know the it's English, but it's like written phonetically, you know, why are there apostrophes? And it's like, great question. I have no clue. <laughs> but it's just like, they just want to know. Like my, my father-in-law is just so curious about things like that. Yeah. So um, undoubtedly they know all about the dowry and like, I can try to, you know, say, oh, do you know why we put oranges in the, in the stocking? And they'll say, of course, because in the turn of the century, there was, they'll know, they'll know. I'll, I'll report back, but I guarantee, I'll ask, but I guarantee that they will know okay. the story and the origin behind it. So Nate's been keeping a Christmas list. He started writing it over Thanksgiving week. Like, he'll just like randomly write stuff down and it's super cute and I'm really obsessed with it. Is it like stuff he wants? Yeah. And I was like, have you thought about like what you want to get for Finley? And he was like, oh, let me write that down. So he wrote like Finley and then he wrote like what he wants to get him. And then he was like, I have to cut this off because I don't want this to go to Santa. That's cute. It's really cute. Yeah. Uh, Sky, Sky's big concern right now is she said, because of the COVID-19, is Santa still going to come to everyone's house? Hmm. And I said, yeah, I think Santa will still come. She said, but how? What if somebody's sick in their house and he goes to their house and then comes to somebody else's house? I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, these are all valid questions. I don't. Uh, Santa's magic? Question mark. I don't know. I don't he He'll manage. He'll figure it out. Yeah. Some kid invited her to a sleepover and she's like, we can't have a sleepover. The sickness, the COVID-19. But after the COVID-19. And then, like, she came home and she, we were talking about it. And she goes, Mama, I don't know if I want to have a sleepover. Uh, what if I get scared? And I said, oh, well, you know, if you, we could always have somebody sleep over at our house. Or if you did sleep over at their house and you got scared, you could always go and tell their mommy and daddy. And they could call us and we could always come and get you if you get scared. Yeah. And she said, and she said what, if, what if it's four in the morning? I said, that's okay. I mean, it was really sweet. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, we, it's funny. We've had a, we had a lot of questions about that pre-virus, and it was like, why why aren't we doing sleepovers? And I was just like, it's just not something we're up for right now. Like, it's not like you'll never have sleepovers. Just it's a lot to manage at this point in your life, and we're not up. I for think it. they're too young. Just like I, I remember my first sleepover that I had. I was turning eight. Okay was the first time I had kids sleep over at my house. And the only reason I know that is because we have pictures documenting it. We have like, you know, our tiny little San Diego house and like, you know, five or six girls lined up in sleeping bags, like on the living room floor. And for years, that's what I had. I had sleep. I mean, all through like middle school when I moved to Ventura and then, you know, maybe like freshman year of high school, even like that was like what I wanted for my birthday party was a sleepover. But I mean, I'm like, eh, I don't like, I definitely don't know if I'd want to send you to somebody's house for a sleepover with the exception of like grandparents and, or, you know, having another kid come up. I mean, it's just a lot like, you know, everyone kind of has their own thing. I mean, Nate's so much more independent than Sky is with like nighttime routine. Like he can put on his pajamas. He, you know, is brushing his own teeth. He can get himself into bed. Like we're still doing a lot of that stuff, you know, 
helping Sky get dressed and like, you know, making sure she's brushing her teeth well and like oftentimes like, going back in ourselves because she's so light with her touch. And I'm like, I just not until you're older, kid, until you can be more sufficient, you know, going to the bathroom yourself. Like you have to be able to go to the bathroom yourself. Like period. And the other thing is too, being able, you know, cause at a sleepover, you obviously stay up later. So it's like, I have to, first sure. of all, like give you the skills to manage yourself at a sleepover to like, be able to say like, this weird thing is happening. I don't like it. Like, it, like anything like that. But then also like being able to either sleep in later, which is not a skill my kids have. And I don't think most kids have it at like eight or nine, but either that or being able to like, manage yourself after not getting enough sleep well and also like i mean i think about like some of the sleepovers that i went to as a kid like i remember we went through and you probably did this too we went through this whole like phase of if you're gonna have a sleepover we're gonna watch a movie and it better be the scariest movie you've ever seen i want everyone wetting their pants at my party otherwise it's not worth it and i remember watching a movie at some kid's house you know, and we were like in sixth grade and everyone had fallen asleep and I was the only one awake. And like, I'm just like terrified watching this movie and like the credits run. And then the screen, you know, it was like, you know, it's probably a VC. It was probably a VHS tape. So then like, you know, it goes like black and white, like fuzzy. And I don't know how to turn off this kid's TV. Everyone's sound asleep. I'm like, lo- like sitting there, like in my sleeping bag in the dark at like two in the morning watching this like fuzzy TV pooping my pants in fear. Like I remember just being like, I just want to go home so badly. I just want to go home. I don't remember going to a lot of sleepovers. I had like one or two friends that like I would go to their house or they would come to mine, but I don't really remember doing like big group party sleepovers. Like sleepover parties. I, that was like all the rage. I remember the, like, if you were going to have a birthday party, have a sleepover or just like jump off a cliff. Like I could also just picture myself not being interested in that. Like I could picture myself being invited and being like, that sounds like a lot of socializing that I'm just not up for. One thing you think about it now, like as an adult, I'm like, ugh, lying on somebody's like hardwood floor in a sleeping bag surrounded by other people, pass. Like yeah. I, my bed is a bazillion times better than this. Yeah, it was always just one or so- two people, and we would, and it was like we would either at my house, like I had a basement that we would sleep in, and then at my friend's house, like they had a guest room that they were just like, you can go sleep in there, but there, there was downstairs, so I never slept well there, and then my other friend had a sister so she and her sister shared a room and I'm sure I just either bunked up with one of them or slept on their floor but it was never like a group thing like there was never like five of us sleeping on the floor yeah I mean I remember also being at sleepovers where where it was just like a couple of kids and then yeah you'd sleep in like the bed of like your friend or whatever right has your have your kids ever like at grandparents house like spent the night when you're not there oh yeah I mean up until this year we've we've done Like, we usually go away for a weekend after the baby turns about a year. We ditched Nate at Gammy and Papa's for a weekend. And then his mom and her sister came and watched Nate and Finley for a weekend. That's right. Yeah. Like, my thing is with, like, his parents, I'm like, I know you're not going to harm them. So just, like, whatever you have to do to survive. Like, you want to stay up with them until 1030 and eat popcorn and watch movies? Like, I don't care. Because I'm not the one dealing with the fallout. So if you want to do that on Friday night and then like deal with the fallout on Saturday, like it's up to you, whatever you need to do to survive. I'll be out having fun. Don't kill the kids. See ya. 
Yeah. I mean, we're like, we've been talking about that because when the baby comes, obviously Todd's going to be with me and Sky's going to have to be with his parents. And so we've kind of been talking about like this idea of, okay, she'll probably spend the night at their house. We need to have like a sleepover. And then I just thought right now, I was like, wait, why does it have to be at their house? Like, why can't they could sleep at our house? They could sleep in our bed if they wanted to. I mean, they'd probably be more comfortable in their own bed, which I think is why we were saying that they could come why we would take Sky over there. Well, and when we had when we had Finley, we like called some friends and we we're like, "Hey, cuz he came so early and past parents had actually been there, but they left to go to a graduation at like and I was in labor, but I didn't think I was." And so we we're like, "Go have fun." And then we're like, we had a baby at Target. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I'm in labor. Wait, but I need I need more things to add to my cartwheel. Hold on. <laughs> Well, it was Father's Day that weekend. So the point of that story is we called some friends and they stayed at our house that night and his mom got there early the next day. She drove down. And then with Astrid, we sent the boys off with some friends and then his parents must have come up because I went into labor at night, like around dinner time, I think. And we went into the hospital after we put the kids to bed. So I think his parents probably drove up the next morning. Like I bet they probably left early in the morning. So they, so I don't even know. I should know like who was sleeping in the house with my kids. It was, I do know who well, it was. I, I do mean, know who it was. that's the thing too. It's like, yeah, oh good. Okay, phew. <laughs> It wasn't just the boogeyman. Because I was thinking I mean, about, thing. I was like, like, I know who dealt with dinner. Like, I remember, like, Angela and one of our other friends dealt with dinner. But I was like, I know Angela wasn't the one who stayed overnight. So who stayed overnight? But I remember who it was now. Somebody. Somebody did it. I mean, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, the best laid plans of, okay, we're going to take her over. Like, we'll take her to Todd's parents' place. And like blah, and then we'll just, like, gallivant over to the hospital. Like, nine times out of ten. Like, it's just, oh, we need to go now. Like, come here. Get her. Figure out your life. We're leaving. Like... I mean, I think it can go either way because that was a really fast labor and I still had time to like question it for a couple hours. I was texting with like our friend who came over and I was like, take your time. She's like, oh my God, we're getting Mexican food. I did it. I'm coming. Forget the Mexican food. I was like, no, 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 no. Take your time. It's fine. I was like putting on makeup. <laughs> Get yourself Target. extra margarita. Yeah, like it was, and it was a fast Target. labor. I mean, it was six and a half hours total and I didn't know it was my... labor for the majority of it. That's my favorite. You were at Target. Oh, hold on. Oh, Pat's going to love this. Look, little sockies for the, the baby. Oh, oh I'm going to go get a Starbucks. <laughs> no. Oh, what? I'm in labor? Really? Oh, good time. So I don't know what our plan is going to be this time. Yeah. I was thinking about that. What's What's the plan? What's the plan, Phil? What's the plan? They're alone. And it's a pandemic so it's not like we can just be like hey neighbors like everyone's kind of got their own bubbles and our i mean obviously worst case scenario we can ask one of our neighbors but we're obviously working on a different plan working on a more permanent plan but so this you know how we were talking last week about you know the difference of like being pregnant during a pandemic the thing is normally like when i have the kid like when I have the baby, I'm like, yeah, whoever's home with our other kids can stay with them. Like Pat needs to be here. Like I just got hit by a Mack truck. I don't want to be the one getting up and down to change the diaper and stuff. And I don't want to have to call the nurse every five seconds. Like I don't mind bothering my husband. I'm not interested in bothering a nurse for like a diaper change. And right. But this time he was like, I'm going to have to leave. Like once you have the baby, I'm going to have to go manage our kids. Like I can't, you know, we don't know who's going to 
be the one to stay with them. Like, I'm going to have to come home. And then once you leave, you're gone. He's like, I'll be back to pick you up when they've uh, released you. I will be bringing all the children. Right. <laughs> we will come and pick you up in our Partridge family. So that'll be hard. Like, I think that's going to be the only, like, pandemic difference that's, bu- that's like, rough for me. Because my understanding is, like, you, you get one person that can, like, come in the hospital with you, which is fine. But then once they leave, they, they can't come back in. Oh. Well, and normally he would, like, spend the night. You would spend the night in the hospital and he would spend the night with you. Right. So he's, like, saying once the baby's out then he's gone and then when you're ready to discharge yeah once he can yeah. reasonably leave after birth <laughs> i see the head bye right uh he'll probably come back to like help with the kid and he you know like after we had finley like he went back and like brought nate to swim lessons and like you know he did like some stuff with him during the day like put him down for a nap and then like came back and spent like the rest of the day to help out but it was like an hour or two too so it was like okay the baby's sleeping it's the middle of the day. The nurse is fine to like help me out with stuff. Um, I'll try to sleep. But it's just like that middle of the night when it's like 3 a.m. I don't want to call the nurse. The baby's poop for like the 40th time. I don't know. It's just like a different feeling. <laughs> well, I will say, I mean, I'm not a nurse, so I can't speak on behalf of nurses. But I would imagine that they would not care that they are being called for a diaper change. Yeah. I mean, I do remember when I was in labor with Nate and I was peeing legitimately like every 10 minutes because I was just drinking so much water and just peeing so much. But I was like hooked up to a machine because I was induced. And so she had to kept she had to come in every time. And she's like, I'm so I was like, can I just unplug? And she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I wouldn't care. But the policy is that like, you're the patients, you're not allowed to unplug it. Like, I have to be the one to do it. I'm surprised that like, at that point, they didn't just say, can we get this lady a catheter or something? (laughs) Well, so then so she came in, but I was like, I'm sorry, you know, I would like hold it as long as I could too. But I'm not kidding. Like I was not going more than 15 minutes between peeing. And she was like, I was like, I'm sorry, I have to pee again. She's like, please don't be sorry. This is my yeah, job. Yeah. <laughs> Ice chips, you got it. Pee, no problem. Right. Oh, my God. She was a really great nurse. I don't remember my nurse. I mean, I obviously was a C-section, so, like, I don't remember who I had. And, like, oh, yes, I do. I remember who I had for pre-op. Do not recommend. But anyway, the person afterwards, I just remember, like, having to go to the bathroom after they took the catheter out and, like, and be so terrified to pee, let alone poop, and just sitting on the toilet and just think, feeling like everything was just going to fall out of me. I was just going to bottom out. And she's just like standing there like in the doorway and, you know, like waiting because she's like, oh, she'll pee and then I'll just help her back into bed. And I'm just like sitting there and she, she goes, do you feel like you have to pee? And I said, yeah. And she goes, okay, just relax. Just let it happen. And I'm just sitting there, like, bracing myself on, like, both sides of, like, the bathroom stall. And then she said, do you want some privacy? And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I I don't care. Like, I don't care that you're watching. I just, like, I might be here a while. She goes, well, why don't you call me when you're done? And I said, okay. And she came back, like, five minutes later. Any luck? No. She goes, okay. All right. Well, here's the little call string. You know, you just pull this when you're uh, when you're ready. I think I probably sat in that toilet for like a good like 10 to 15 minutes before like a trickle of pee came out. And then like finally it was like, OK, I can pee. But like that legitimate fear of like, I mean, like the fresh incision and just like, oh, everything's going to fall out of my body. I'm just going to like fall apart right here on the toilet. I wonder, I bet that has to be super common for 
for like your first birth because I had this I, it was similar I wasn't afraid of anything falling out it was I was afraid of the sting of like the urine against like an open wound on my vagina you know what I mean because I had just like pushed the baby out I had an episiotomy and I was like I didn't know I had an episiotomy but I knew I had t- obviously torn and gotten torn. stitched and all that and so I was like this is gonna hurt so bad and I remember it was similar she was like and they were like I mean the poor nurse like sitting there like squirting the peri bottle like <laughs> on me and I was like I can't do it I can't like it was such a mental barrier and then after and I had to pee so bad she's like do you have to pee and I was like I like I really have to pee and I just it won't come out and she's like okay um you know what we're just gonna go up to recovery now and um you can just pee up there the nurses up there are great. They'll help you. And I was like, okay. But I also remember <laughs> sitting on the toilet as she's telling me this and in my head thinking like, am I walking to recovery? Like I couldn't figure out how I was getting there. And then like, obviously they brought a wheelchair in. Like, I was just like, I'm going to have to hold this baby and like walk down this hall. And push my IV pole and walk in these little booties with my butt hanging out of this hospital gown. I don't know why. Like I just couldn't. I could not visualize how I was getting from point A to point B. I mean, valid, valid, but hilarious. All right. So this has been a great Christmas episode. Merry holidays, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when you're, you know, lighting that Yule log, think of Talia and Kristen trying to, you know, pee post-birth and being terrified of their innards falling out. With a nurse just spraying our vagina with a peri bottle. (laughs) Take that to the bank. Happy holidays. Enjoy that. Also, we did get Talia's calendar, and I made an awesome video for it. Oh, my God. The video is hilarious. (laughs) I watched it like three or four times. It's like basically a... It's a super zoom. It's like just a super zoom, but with like music and lights. I mean, it's hilarious. 10 out of 10. I'm probably going to go watch it now, for being honest. Perfect. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. I'm <laughs> sorry.